The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voice of Search Podcast. Today, we're going to hear about SEO localization and intent from one of the leading companies in the payments and finance industry. Joining us is Sebastian Edgar, who is the global SEO lead at Square, which is a company that builds common business tools in unconventional ways so more people can start, run, and grow their business. So far this week, Sebastian and I have talked about website localization. Yesterday, we talked about some of the tactical tips for enterprise-level international expansion. Today, we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about optimizing for user intent. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the third part of my conversation with Sebastian Edgar, Global SEO Lead at Square. Sebastian, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Number three. Looking forward to it. Excited to have you back and to continue the conversation. For anybody that didn't hear it, Sebastian and I have been talking about international expansion so far this week. And he's done this not only with his experience at search metrics, but also in his current role working at Square, a multinational company. And so basically what we talked about is there's the strategy, figuring out what your resources are, what are the markets, who you're trying to target with what products, and then also sort of the technical side of getting your website up and running. At the end of the day, one of the most important things for you to figure out when you're going through the international expansion is user intent. And that can change in different countries. So Sebastian, talk to me about how you think about user intent and how you're optimizing for that user intent when the language is changing around you. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I should say that I think user intent is is SEO in a nutshell. Figuring out user intent is literally what every single SEOs should be doing. So that's the number one PSA. So number two, it's going to be different by market. 
by product, by vertical, and just by overall topic. What's what's very interesting is just to kind of make a high level statement is we know Google has been trying to figure out should it serve for this query an informational page? Should it serve a navigational page? And when I mean navigational, that's more of like like a homepage, for example, or like a overview, whatever page, or should it- Your login page. Your login page, or exactly, or like a transactional page where you have a buy now sort of button. And it's something that's been very interesting because I, I mean, I've been in the industry for more than a decade and it's so fascinating to see that switch, especially in the last, what are we now? We're in 2021. I mean, it's a recent switch. It's something that I don't, in the last like few years, you clearly see in the SERP, if you look at it, like this SERP diversification of for specific products, specific queries, Google showing, okay, 60% informational and 40% transactional and whatnot. What's very interesting, I know this is something that I've talked with you about in the past and, and with some other folks, is the strategy around, and again, that's like that's almost like a country agnostic strategy of figuring out your internal intent strategy. Meaning, do you want? It doesn't make sense to have an informational page for every product page that you have. Is that something that you want to look into? How? What is the prevalence of Google even showcasing stacked results by intent? stacked results on the SERP. Is that something that you should be going after? This is why I say user intent is SEO because there's so much that you can have here. And if you understand this the right way, it will guide an entire SEO strategy, an entire calendar events for you, for sure. The big transition that you're talking about to me is kind of the shift away from keywords, right? It used to be, hey, I got a keyword stuff. I'm going to use white text on a white background. And if I have the right combination or the volume of keywords... I'm going to rank for a given query. And Google, the natural language processing, BERT and MUM and all of the crazy statistical analysis that they put in data science that they put into understanding language means that they are actually understanding not only intent, but they can also make correlations between the keywords that you're using and basically what the users are looking for, what you really mean. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So when you can't think about keyword optimization, how do you think about optimizing for that intent? 
I guess like a few things on that one. When you say that it's going away from keywords, I think it's just one big misconception that I, I should put out there is I, after I was speaking with like some SEO and that person was, and I was talking about like individual keyword ranking, right? And that person was like, well, Sebastian, I don't care about individual keyword ranking. I just want to know the topics. And in the back of my head, I was starting to get like, I don't know. I was like, wait, this... But I love my keywords. I'm an SEO. <laughs> exactly. But it's like part of it, like what he was saying was true from like a a high level like rhetoric and narrative perspective. But if you look at devils in detail, it's like, wait a minute. Yes and no. In some cases, in some businesses, only still a very small amount of keywords can drive the majority of your business. And I think that's just something I, I want to make sure that SEOs understand. There's a difference between keyword from like a business value perspective, from a targeting perspective versus a keyword optimization perspective. And what you're talking about here, Ben, is, is more from a keyword optimization perspective. Should you be going about like keyword stuffing to rank for a specific topic or set of keywords? But I still, I'm actually this, the firm belief that, yeah, you should be looking at things from a topical perspective, but you should also try to understand how does your keyword diversification look like to your business and to your products? Because very often, I, I've worked on many, many different sites. And if you look at the e-commerce space, thousands and thousands of keywords per page, for sure. You're not going to focus on individual keywords. I get that. Could, but it's tough. But if you look at, for example, the SaaS world, even at, at search metrics, worked on like some public companies, SaaS companies, and for their top revenue products, I kid you not, we're talking about 10 keywords. That was their business. That was their value. They were getting their revenue from 10 keywords and that's it. And you better damn make sure that you rank number one for these 10 keywords. And I know it goes against like what so many people are talking about these days. Like don't focus on it. I get it. But I'm sorry. There is still a lot of truth there. But I will say from a optimization perspective, what you were saying, yeah, you should not focus on like one-to-one keyword optimization. It's a lot more more interesting ways you can go about it about this. And this is where Google has been very, very smart at, for example, number one, understanding synonyms. I mean, that's the first thing. Like Google is Google in Latin or Anglo-Saxon languages. It's very good at that. It really, really is. It understands synonyms. It understands like semantically related terms. So for example, you want to work, you want to rank for page about cats. It'll know that feline or Bengal it's a breed of cats. Kitty. Yes, exactly. And that if you don't talk about these words, your content may not be holistic because they specifically understand the semantic distance between your main term and each sort of like adjacent and related terms that it finds uh, relevant based on this topic. And that's what you need to understand as an SEO. And this is something, and going back to my previous comment, when I said Latin, Anglo-Saxons, or like Western-based languages, that's something that is extremely true. You get into character-based languages. Not so great. Japan, for example. Not so. I mean, there's no spaces in the Japanese language, for example. So Google is actually very, very rudimentary. It is actually very tough for machine learning algorithms still today, I believe, to, or at least the ones that, that I work with and that I've seen tools try to apply. Uh, even looking at Google rankings, you can tell that it still has difficulty understanding, okay, well, what's like a keyword that's like one character or like one word, two word, three words long? And when does it stop being a keyword? Because it's not able to use the spacing as it indicates. So a very small thing makes massive difference. And so that means that your, your actual 
content optimization strategy will be vastly different for the French market, which is the Chinese market or Japanese market. I hear what you're saying in the sense of with Anglo-Saxon Latin-based languages, Google's really good at understanding semantic relationships. So keywords matter a little less specifically. The notion of keyword stuffing, topics are obviously very important and some topics are individual keywords. Uh, My other show, the MarTech podcast, it matters very much what we rank for the word MarTech because very few people look for MarTech podcasts. So we need to rank for the umbrella term. It's one word. How are we going to rank for that? When you're thinking about expanding and understanding user intent and, and really what those semantic relationships look like in different markets, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the people resources being the first thing that you're going to tackle when you're going through internationalization. What are some of the ways that you can understand those semantic relationships? So you're not just blanket keyword stuffing. You understand the nuance of the language you're actually making sure that you're saying the right things to the users and, and filling that intent when they search in a language that you don't natively speak. I mean, so to really understand the intent, I think that's, again, it goes back to our conversation of like just having local market resource. Like, would I have been able to get information from like the Japanese market without having worked previously with, with Japanese native folks who understand how to read a web page and that sort of piece? Definitely not. It, you know, you, you want to have the right partnership with folks, but... Once you get the right partnership, ultimately what you want to look at and what you want to understand is in each of the different markets, like just how are competitor websites, first of all, targeting each of the terms that you're looking for and how is Google also visualizing or ranking the SERP? On that piece, you should even go a little bit further. How is Google ranking the SERP based on your direct competitors? So for example, you could have a SERP that is literally 70% informational, 30% transactional, but the 30% websites that are transactional are your direct competitors. So with that, that tells me that maybe your strategy should be going after a transactional page for this specific query because the 70% informational or completely different competitors that maybe it could be Wikipedia, it could be Investopedia and, and so on and so forth. Like we're not necessarily going to go after those, but if I see one of our direct competitors ranking with a transactional page, even though the SERP is 70% informational, Story is completely different there. And you need to have that understanding by market. One big learning that I've had is like, you look at France, the French market, obviously me being half French, I'm able to understand this one, this one a lot better. I look at France, it's very informational. You look at the SERP for a lot of products or a lot of topics that you would think are transactional, there's actually just a lot of long form content. So that means that your strategy for going to the French market should be a lot more informational based. You look at Japan, or let me actually start with the US. You, you see what's going on in the US right now. The intent is you have one transactional page, one informational page. And it's kind of like, then Google kind of like shifts around and kind of does its thing. You look at Japan, you have one page that does both informational and transactional. That means you're going to read an article, but you're also going to sign up on that same page. And you see that it's understanding each of these market nuances. And that's going to make just a massive difference in terms of your targeting strategy by country. But if you don't understand intent, your strategy, unfortunately, is going to be off. Again, going back to my comment that intent is is SEO. That's At it. the end of the day, intent is SEO. And intent means different things in different places. And intent can be transactional, navigational, informational. For a given keyword, for a given query, might mean something different in Japan than it does in France, than it does in the United States. And when you're going through the internationalization process, 
This is not just a let's set up a separate website, let's go through translation, let's roll some new content out, throw an href lang tag in there and, and say we're all done. This is something that is constantly needing to be adjusted and worked on the same way that your local website is. Sebastian, I appreciate you coming on the show, returning to the show. Like I said, one of our original podcast guests. It's great to catch up. Good to see you. Thanks for being my guest on the Voices of Search podcast. My pleasure. I think uh, one thing you'll notice from this conversation is like every single article you'll read about, the first thing they talk about on international was hreflang tag. I'm actually happy we barely touched on that and just talked about it in, in the end because there's so much more to it than just setting those up and, and calling it done. So I'm glad we're able to talk about the more nitty gritty and just strategic items that I think a lot of people miss. So, yeah. Now we know what to talk about next time when you come back. Hopefully it's not a year from now. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Sebastian Edgar, global SEO lead at Square. If you'd like to get in touch with Sebastian, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his personal website, which is seoseb.com. For what it's worth, I made Sebastian give us the link to his website. It is under construction, but you can still find a contact us form there. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. Music.